Hello, everyone. This is Becky Hennessy, host of the Reformers Collective podcast. This upcoming episode is a conversation I had with my friend, guest speaker, Tony Kim, leading up to the first Reformers Collective Conference held on October 18th and 19th at Trinity Church in Cedar Hill, Texas. Today, we're so honored to have my special friend, Tony Kim, with us from Bakersfield, California. We welcome you, Tony. Thank you for coming. Becky, so good to see you. Can't wait to be with you next week. And thanks for having me on. This is going to be fun. I am so grateful that you have um, arranged your schedule to come and join us for Reformers Collective October 18th and 19th. And we're excited to have you. And the young adults are excited to have you as their speaker on Monday night. So uh, thank you for for coming. Of course. Thanks for the invitation. I'm excited to be with you all. And, uh, you know, we connected early in the year, just felt a real connection, especially as you know, it was really last minute as we were departing that we were talking about Reformation. And uh, and all of a sudden, there's just that synergy that happened last moment. And so glad that we've been staying connected since. So thanks, Becky. Thanks for your leadership, for your mother's heart. You're such an encourager to our generation. And so um, I just want to honor you and thank you. Wow. Thank you, Tony. And so for those of you who um, don't know how this happens, you just kind of go out there and you begin conversations with people. So uh, Elizabeth Timefuk, a friend, said, you're a reformer. So I began to call myself a reformer and I began to just say, what does a reformer look like? What does a reformer do? I went to a, a conference in Southern California and met so many people for the very first time. And one of them was Tony Kim. I sat across from the table at dinner and you began to tell me that you've been doing this reformers thing and studying it and talking about it and teaching on it and preaching teaching on it for years now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, teach me, train me. So you've been uh, mentoring me and we've been talking and uh, you've been sharing some of the things that you have learned over the years. But why don't you just share, Tony, first of all, who you are, where you're from, what you're doing with your life and how you stepped into this reformers uh, title. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I am a husband of one wife, which is a good thing, right, Becky? Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, my wife, uh, Jessica, and I, we've been married for 22 years. And we have uh, three children. Um, one, not so much of a child anymore, but Eliana, she's 21. She's a professional ballerina, and yeah. she's a reformer. Um, she has a number of businesses, and she does coaching and everything. And uh, my son's a teen. He's, you know, he's a master of video games. Typical young man. Right. Um, and my youngest, our youngest, Kayla, she's 15. She's an artist, uh, picked up, learned how to draw during uh, COVID and just uh, has really excelled, you know, signed a couple contracts um, in terms of illustrating. And uh, and so the Lord's really just uh, blessed, blessed us in that way. You know, they all love, we all love Jesus together. Um, my wife and I, we, are the senior pastors of a church called Renaissance here in Bakersfield. We planted that almost 12 years ago. Uh, we started a, a network uh, with this whole reformation mindset and activity um, about five years ago called Roar Collective. And it stands for Renaissance of Arising Reformers. So and, good. I love that. I knew so, it was Roar, but I didn't know what it stood for. So that's even better. Yeah, in fact, I had that that name came through an encounter I had while I was in Texas, and wow. so um, in a dream, and so um, so that's a Renaissance whole story. of arising 
reformers. reformers. Yeah. So good. So good. And so Renaissance just means rebirth, right? Uh, the French word there. And then uh, and then we have Roar Academy, which is really a mandate that the Lord spoke to me when I was in a closed nation working with the underground church. And he said, Tony, can you believe to raise up two million reformers across the earth? And I wrestled with God through that. And from there, uh, we started just a Roar Academy, which is uh, a two-year program to raise up reformers to make social, spiritual, tangible change in the different worlds that God's put us into. And on my spare time, um, yeah. I'm also uh, the executive director under Apostle Cheon uh, for Harvest International Ministry. Uh, and so, uh, so we're having a lot of fun. So good. You're so busy. But in your spare, spare time, I see you with a golf club every once in a while. Every yeah, once in a while, what? you find your way out there. Absolutely. That's absolutely. That's important. I mean, I'm a workaholic. <laughs> you know, my wife says I have a triple A type personality. And, uh, you know, and one of the things, I mean, reformers, we need to learn to have fun, yeah. you know, because the subjects were in. So, uh, but my wife really got me into, you know, we took our first family vacation 18 years three years ago, and I never realized how much we needed it. Um, and so then during COVID, I picked up golf. Uh, I call it prayer walking. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it, Taking it, the it, land it, it everywhere you put <laughs> you know, It eases my guilt a little bit of, you know, feeling like I'm wasting time. So, so I prayer walk as often as I could now. <laughs> so good. I love that. That's awesome. So this thing, Reformers, I just had a conversation last night with my mother-in-law. She's asking me, what does that mean? And what are you going to do? And after this conference is over, what's going to happen? And I get kind of frustrated in the fact that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what exactly yeah. it is or what we're going to do. All I know is the definition that the Lord gave me was um, receiving godly solutions to earthly problems or how to find God's wisdom and solutions to your community's problems. And, and you've been doing that for years. So tell me how your journey with the reformers came about. And I mean, you're a pastor, you're in ministry. How did you get outside the walls and how did it begin? Tell me a little bit about your journey and your story with reformers. Sure. You know, I come, uh, my background, I come from the streets, you know, I was in gangs, drugs and all these things. And when the Lord called me, when I met Jesus, um, obviously everything changed. Uh, but in that, I never wanted to be in full-time vocational ministry. Nothing wrong with it, but just for me, um, you know, if I could be honest, I get bored with Christians, you know, um, and, and I should say certain types, you know. And I love um, that. I love it. Yes. And, and I, you know, I love to stay connected to the world around me. Um, so I've always had this heart for justice. And I think our generation really within our DNA, God planted justice in us. And so for me, it's I asked the Lord when I encountered him, it was a face to face encounter with God. And um, I said, you know, if you'll he was calling me and I just said, please don't let me be a pastor of a church with 10,000 members on a corner with a big building. I said, would you use me to change the world? Wow. And and uh, and, you know, the rest is history there. But uh, through that. It really, uh, this whole Reformation thing really came to the forefront 20 years ago, um, where when I came to Bakersfield with my wife from Pasadena to Bakersfield, I saw the level of poverty. And I grew up in poverty. You know, I grew up dumpster diving for food for six years with my family, you know, in uh, the Bay Area. And and so I, I, 
I've, I've been, you know, just in that world. So I just have a deep compassion and empathy for people without. And, and so through that, I just connected my heart to the city and just saw all this brokenness. And, you know, I love the way you say it is just, you know, finding solutions, you know, um, for broken places and community society. And so what I did was I called the mayor. Um, three months into ba- living in Baker, I called the mayor and I just said, Mayor, I need to talk to you. I represent the church in Bakersfield. I want to share my heart with you. You know, and obviously it's the receptionist, right? The gatekeeper. She said, you have 10 minutes to speak to him. <laughs> so um, I thought I'm going to maximize my 10 minutes. I had no clue on what I was doing, Becky. I was just, I, I just wanted to touch our city and do something. I couldn't just sit back watching what was happening and not engage. You That's know, one of my mottos that I say all the time in every message, just do something. So that's, that's right. this is what you did. You met with the mayor and you just asked him a question. That's right. And I asked him one question. I said, Mayor, how can we serve you as a church? And he said, you know, it's interesting. You've, I've never been asked that question before. And, and he said, well, you know what? You need to meet with Dr. Uh, so-and-so, you know, and she was a, director of department of human services at the time and i said okay but then meanwhile i met a couple other people who had the same heart for the city and i was a young kid back then i was 24 years old um you know entering into this and uh from that we you know this group of three of us went on this journey and met with the director of human services and she said there's 35 or 25,000 cases of single moms on welfare recovering from substance abuse with felony records with children that need to be reunited. I mean, that's every challenge stacked up against you. They had statistics on this. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm a statistics guy. Uh, When it comes to reformation, you need to be able to, you know, show the proof of tangible change um, of what we're going after. And so when they said that, they said, can you help these families? We said yes. And we went back panicking because we had no answer we just said yes every time god opens the door my answer is yes and god if you don't come through we're gonna look like complete <laughs> idiots you know? so good i love it i love it and always yes always say it's, yes it's always yes i don't even pray about it. like can you help yes you know and go back and do panicking prayer you know do the shit about a honda could have bought a condo and you know just, you come know, on god if you don't come through i am screwed that's right <laughs> And, uh, and we, you know, we felt like he gave us a plan of creating this mentoring program. And uh, it was called Family to Family. And we did a pilot program. They gave us $10,000 and 10 of the worst families in their caseload out of the 25000 By the end of that year, we had 86% success based upon the indicators, outcomes, goals, and objectives that we set out from the program with evaluation. Wow. And, and so based upon, they said, what can you do with, hundred thousand we could serve a hundred families and and the success was just incredible and they said how are you doing this and we really said we really you really don't want to know how we're doing this and uh, what we did was you know at that point we partnered with 111 churches in our county we asked for one champion of justice champion of compassion and we said we will train this one person and we're going to help the churches grow we're going to help the church get out the get outside the four walls of the church. And by the way, I love the four walls of the church. So I'm not one of these guys that says, God's done with the four walls of the church. There's incredible things that happen inside the four walls of the church. 
Right. You know, family happens, revival is happening in the four walls. But yet right. at the same time, there's the other side of the coin that we do need to get out. And and so 111 senior pastors said yes. Um, and That's and a miracle right there, Tony. That's like a miracle. Yeah. I've never heard of that happening in any city that, or county. That is a miracle. It really is. And, uh, and, and the Lord has given us incredible favor. And that's one of the things that the favor that I carry is just relationship with leaders. And, and so my, my thought, my question is, how can I use the favor on my life to impact and transform my city or the world around me? And, and so based upon that, we mobilized, we gathered, and then we partnered with uh, 70 businesses in our uh, county that said, these women who go through your program, which we, these were the four major areas was goal setting, relationship, healthy relationship building, uh, career development, and uh, parenting. And wow. so we started building on these pillars and the career development program, the businesses said, okay, if you, if uh, participants that go through your program, we will put them at the top of the list to hire them. Not a guaranteed hire, but a, at least almost a guaranteed interview. And so we mobilized the uh, the businesses, you know, economic development. And then we started working with mechanics and we created a program um, of don't recycle, reuse. It was a car donation program that we said we want to give these cars to single moms who get jobs so they have a way of transportation. So then we partnered with local mechanics who said we will fix your cars for free if you pay for the parts. You know, so then we started getting donations of cars from the community and then started giving out to single moms who were getting jobs. And then we had a recovery. Pro I mean, so we had a number of different elements there and uh, we and they just started continuing to give us money. They said 100,000, 250, 500,000, 750. And then at that point, we um, we got national attention and I was called to the White House to do a presentation with a faith-based office, with the director of HHS, DOL, DOJ, DOE, and all these other departments. And, you know, and I was so intimidated because I was never, you know, have you ever been in a place, Becky, I don't know, I have, where I just look around the room and say, what in the world am I doing here? Like if they really find out who I am, they're going to kick you know, me out. <laughs> exactly. You know, if, if they only knew, you know, and yeah. And people started asking me, where'd you get your master's from? Where'd you get your doctorate from? Would you?" And I'm thinking, I have a PhD and what's the matter you, you know? And <laughs> I'm thinking, this is, this is just so bizarre. It's the way God moved. And, and so through that, we had, you know, I got national favor and we created national models uh, through the Bush administration. And in fact, some of the programs that we started are still taking place today. Wow. Um, and, you know, as we help develop the uh, ground level and I was part of different reformation movements nationally on U.S. adoptions, trying to um, ease, ease the process of adoptions for families, which, to be honest, we failed miserably. But at least we said we went for it. Right. Um, and and then that's, we that's, that's important for people to know. Right. Sometimes you're six, a great success like you were with this. um family initiative, but then other, mm -hmm. other things you, you try and, and you don't make it. We had a home for uh, a maternity home here and poured our heart and soul into it for 10 years. And we ended up closing it just last year. And, wow. and uh, we did some good thing, things, right. And we did some things not so right, but, 
but you do it, right? You just keep doing it. You don't always succeed. You're not always successful, but sometimes you are. Sometimes you are. That's right. And sometimes the outcome won't take place until after you pass away. Wow. You will never see the outcome <laughs> of the seed that you plant and which you see as a failure that generations later, God does something with that seed where there's profound fruit years so later. Good. So good, Tony. So that so was, good, this Tony. has been part of my process. I could keep talking about just, you know, the incredible things that God's done nationally, but this was really the birthing of reformation in my heart. And so I began to research and study, you know, uh, I'm not degreed, but I'm very educated because I do read about five, six books a month. And, you know, because leaders are readers and, you know, and reformers, we need to know but we have to go back to see how the previous reformers navigated through this so we can learn from them and then bring modern day application and the way God moves through our generation. So, so pick one or two former reformers that you've learned from and, and share that with us. You know, uh, St. Gregory of Nyssa, I would say, is one of my heroes. Um, I would even say this radical statement. If you have a heart for justice and you don't know St. Gregory of Nyssa, you've missed the understanding of what kingdom justice is all about. Because he's the first man of justice within the first century church. He was the first one to ever come out and say slavery is wrong. Wow. And so uh, St. Gregory of Nyssa, we need to, you know, so that foundation for me, for him to come out in the early church as an early church father to go after this going against the grain of the culture. He's one of my heroes. Another one of my heroes is Jan Hus. Jan Hus is the one who impacted Martin Luther. Jan Hus was burned at the stake for believing one thing. He preached one thing, and that was, we're saved by grace through faith, this not of ourselves, so that no one man can boast. Wow. It is a gift from God. He held to that understanding of Scripture, and he was burned at the stake of life. And, and see, and, and these reformers, they lived and died for something for a generation that they would never meet. You know, and this is the heart of a reformer. It's that we're not just fighting for our generation, but we're fighting for an inheritance and a legacy for generations we will never meet. Um, and, and so I believe that God is raising us up as this generation. And then uh, John Wesley. You know, he's, uh, I know that a lot of us see him as a revivalist, but if you study his life from an academia perspective, I could prove that he's a reformer. The two things that he left behind that we're still eating and benefiting from today, you know, outside of the revival element is he brought medical care to the impoverished. He's the one that created a hospital system designed for the poor wow is that why it's usually called methodist central exactly. or methodist hospitals exactly. out of john wesley wow That's i did right. not know that and he was the one and all the other um you know hospitals and medical systems that serve the poor came out of his reformational foundation that he laid as a methodist uh, or i should say as an anglican uh priest of his day but then secondly he's the one that created small groups you know, he believed that he, he preached to the masses, but he said it's actually through small groups that we can change society. You know, and so we need the macro and we need the micro. 
And so, so these good. are just, I mean, I could keep going on with some of the reformation <laughs> heroes, but uh, these are just three that really stand out to me. Well, people will have an opportunity to meet you face to face and to uh, get your wisdom and downloads and the list of books and all of the things at Reformers Collective. Just, oh goodness, Monday and Tuesday of next week, you'll be here. You're going to be speaking Monday night to the young adults. So um, what would you have to say to the young person who is burning with revival, but also burning for social justice and they want to be used to see change where do they begin? What do they start? What would you say to this young person who's watching you right now? Get to Reformers Collective, <laughs> Reformers Co. That's what I would say. Because, you know, we, at least in our stream, Becky, we have a pretty good understanding of revival. Right. You know, uh, you know, the, the, you know, just being on fire, right? Just, just getting lit you know, and being led by the Holy Spirit, the miracles, signs and wonder. I love all of that, right? But yet at the same time, in order to see revival sustained, we need reformation. And so I believe that our generation, God's put a spirit of revival on us and then planted a heart of a reformer. And re re revival and reformation were never called to be separated. We're never meant to be divorced. But through revival and reformation, we see the tangible fruit of transformation. And so um, really, in our generation, people are saying we're the most biblically illiterate generation to ever live. But I get all of my strategy, methodologies, and pathways from Scripture. And I just translate that into the world God's called me to in that season. And so, and I believe that's what's happening with Reformers Collective, is we're going to be sharing methodologies. We're going to be sharing strategies. We're going to be imparting hope stories, you know, to one another and creating a synergy. And so I would just say this, get to Reformers Collective. But then also I want to just ask two questions. Um, and perhaps this will provoke the young person. What's the one thing that you want to bring change to? Mm. Starting with an individual. And then secondly, who do you want to do it with? So These good. Two set the foundation, the pathway, and the way you bring about change into your community or the world that God's called you into. That's awesome. I just got a prophetic word to this morning. Somebody sensed that I was really running on fumes or discouraged, or I'm just having a hard time wrapping my mind around it because I'm so passionate, you know, but all the, the steps and, and what the outcome is. And, and his prophetic word was that through Reformers Collective and what's coming out of this is that number one, um, visions will become alive, like Holy Spirit will breathe into people's hearts the, the broken piece that they're supposed to fix. So vision will come alive. And from that person, thousands of people will be impacted. And the second thing that's going to happen through Reformers Collective is that we're going to come in, in connections. We're going to have connections and mentorships and relationships that will last a lifetime. And so I'm excited for people to meet you, to be able to um, get connected to Roar Academy and, and, to, and to your group of people, because I'm not doing anything like that. I'm just wanting to send people to the people who are doing the things and stuff like that. So the same, what you just said, right? Where is God sending you? What broken piece? What broken people? And who are you going to do it with? I love it. That's 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 it. That's it in a nutshell, what Reformers Collective is all about. So thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. I can't wait for you to come. I know. I'm so excited to be with you guys and just sit down and learn myself, you know, from all the others that are speaking. And 
I have great friends that are going to be there. Um, Elizabeth, um, Sherman, uh, Drew, you know, and all these right. other people that I haven't met yet. And so thanks for inviting me. It's so great to always speak to you, Becky, and just share my heart. I love our dialogue and I always uh, learn from you as well. So thank you. Wow, it's, it's, I'm excited. And thank you for taking the time uh, from California. It's early there, but uh, thank you so much. And so I just really want to encourage everyone who's watching to make it to Reformers Collective. I don't know, you might be watching this after Reformers Collective is all over, but we are taping everything. Uh, we're going to be continuing relationships, um, monthly prayer meetings in the city of Dallas and, and forming small groups around the interests, a small group for people who care about the family and foster care, a small group around people who want to see criminal justice reform and on and on. So uh, stay connected, go to reformersco.com. All the information is there, a way for you to stay in touch with us. And, and again, come and meet my good friend, Tony Kim. You're not going to want to miss it. So God bless you guys. And thank you so much. Thanks again, Tony. I appreciate you. Thank you, Becky. We look forward to seeing everyone there. All right. Bye-bye.